2022 football season, and there are still so many questions to be answered. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Charge On, presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Sean Green. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And we have our first sponsor, Bet Online. Guys, football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all your favorite sports and events like college football, football, MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. That's BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we want to thank BetOnline, first sponsor. And as always, it's been a while since all three of us have been on the same show. So I want to welcome in Robert Husby, Nick Geddes. Nick, we'll start with you. How you doing? It's ECU week. We're halfway through the college football season. How are you? I'm splendid up until you told me that we're halfway through the season. I mean, what, 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 what is going on, man? I mean, the, the fall is the best time of the year, but man, does it go fast. You wonder how I know it goes fast. I don't know how the, the, uh, the weather is up there for y'all over there in, in Oviedo, Orlando, but it's going to be cold this week over here. And that tells yeah. me that we are halfway through the football season, and that's a sad thing. That's a sad thing, but we still got some UCF football games to get over, so excited for that. Yeah, no, my girlfriend was like, um, oh, we're going to carve pumpkins on Wednesday because it's a cold front. And I'm like, oh, there's sorry. a cold front. I, I mean, no, see, I, I had to cancel it because the magic play. So I have I said, oh, nope, magic. <laughs> That's the beauty of working in sports right there. That's magic the opener. beauty. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. We will carve pumpkins on sorry, another honey, day. Sorry, honey, pumpkins can wait. I got to see can't. Paolo Bancaro bounce a ball. I mean, it's a very fun watch to see him bounce a basketball. I mean, we can always, you know, I can't do Saturday, so it's looking like I'm going to have to do like Friday. Um, Mr. Rob Husby. Rob, welcome back. Took a couple episodes off. Uh, how you doing? Good. Yeah, unfortunately, life gets in the way sometimes, but I'm, I'm happy to be back. And I'm, I'm, I'm like in the same position here, too. I'm like, I love fall. This is my favorite time of year. But we're halfway through the college football season already. And like, I realized like Halloween is like in two weeks, like less than two weeks. And I'm like, wow, where is the time gone? Like, this is my favorite time of year. And we're already pushing through everything. We've got the start of the NBA season. NHL has started already. It's crazy, man. It's going, it's flying by. And there's, it's literally every sports going on right now. I mean, it's like the, you have baseball, you're in the playoffs for that. Hockey just started, NBA starting. It's the best time to be a sports fan. But you have to pick and choose what you watch. There's so much. Like, you have playoff baseball. There's some games you want to watch. But then it's like, you're going to have to pick and choose. There might be a football game on that day. So it's madness. But as sports fans, we love this. This is the best time of the year. Um, And as a UCF fan, it has been, so far, for the most part, a great year. Going, We are at the halfway point. We are 5-1, and obviously. We don't need to talk about the one loss. We've talked about it so many times every week. But UCF has really impressed, I think, all of us in the way that they have bounced back after week two and has continued to get better. And Gus Malzahn said it. The best teams are 
they continue this streak into the second part of the year. It's what you do in the second part that basically defines who you're going to be at the end of the year. So we're going to give our first half grades before we talk about ECU because, listen, I think a lot of people on the schedule saw ECU as an easy game, the the game that UCF's just going to win, and then you get to the hard part of the schedule, right? We talked about, you know, you have Cincinnati, Memphis, Tulane, some hard games. This is a game that a lot of people at the beginning of the year said, oh, it's ECU. ECU is a very good team that going up to ECU especially will be no easy task for UCF, but we'll get into it. I want to start with you, Rob. All right, if you had to rate UCF's first half of the season given it a grade, what would you rate it and why? Yeah, I think if you're looking at at the team as a whole, I think you're looking probably around a a solid B plus, I would say. Um, I, I hesitate putting them at an A just because I don't think they're all the way consistent just yet. I think the defense definitely brings them up. Coaching, I think, brings them up definitely for sure, uh, especially when you look at a guy like Travis Williams and stuff like that. He's done a phenomenal job with this defense been arguably the biggest surprise of this season has been how consistent and how good this defense has been um, and, and their limitations on allowing points. Um, I think though, when you look at the offense, that's what brings it down. It's still the consistency. Obviously the last couple weeks um, we've definitely seen what this offense is capable of. Um, we just need the consistency out of it. We need the consistency out of John Rice Plumley, And, and this has all the makings of an AA plus team. You know, I think absolutely this has a remarkable season written all over it if UCF is able to continue playing the way they've played. But no doubt about it, um, you know, they had a rocky kind of start to the season. Louisville, I think we were all kind of doubting them at that point. We probably would have said, oh, this is a C, C minus team. We were very negative on them in our post uh, post game coverage and that. But I think the season's definitely turned around. It's hard to argue with the results. This this is a team that can absolutely go far. I think everybody's expecting them now to at least compete, if not win the American. Um, so no, this is it's it's hard to argue against the results. And this has the makings of an A, a team, like I said. But right now, I would say solid B B plus. I think is is what you're looking at with this team overall. All right, that's a solid grade, Rob Nick. We've all seen the same games. What would you? rank what grade would you give this UCF team halfway through the season yeah I was almost in between grades and uh, I'm gonna settle in on a B I I has I'm hesitant to go lower than that because I don't want to be I don't want to just lose sight of the fact that the UCF defense is I is a top 15 unit right now in college football I, and that's a big thing because just two years ago we were talking about this unit I don't even know if they were in the top 100 and they've improved that much over two years under Travis Williams. So I give them all the credit there. The inconsistencies with the offense, we just finally saw the offense put up two games in a row where I said, okay, they're starting to maximize a little bit of the talent they have, right? We finally got two games in a row of John Rice Plumley, where he looked apart, and the Gus Malzahn offense looked like exactly what he wanted it to. I dropped them a little bit. I don't put them higher. Because, and I, you don't want to talk about it, but the Louisville loss, it happened. I, you can't dodge it. It happened. With every passing week, that loss looks worse, especially when I saw that team go and lose to Boston College, a team that is maybe the worst in the entire AA, in the entire ACC, and they lost to Louisville, or they beat Louisville, rather. So that loss looks worse and worse with every passing week. I wish they could have a do-over on that one, but 
You don't. But with that being said, what you want to see is how this team responds to a loss. And you want to see a natural progression from game one, game two, game three, and so on. And I think you've seen that. And five and one, the name of the game is to win football games. And five and one is something that this team has not been the last couple of years at this point. Um, they've had the good fortune of playing at home more often than not. The only road game they had was that one again against FAU. And was that really a true road game? I mean, come on. It, that's a, that that was for the most part a walk in the park, especially in the second half. So uh, we'll see if we'll cross that bridge when we get there, and they have some of these road games like this one against East Carolina. But from everything I've seen, I think I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna be a split the road there and say a solid B for our UCF Knights. You know, I don't want to agree with you, but, but you're going to. I'm, I'm going to right because course, I guess yeah, that's yeah. just what I do. No, I had a B written down from the start of the podcast for the same reasons you do. Now, I will say, I feel like, again, the positive, and we've talked about this, the positive of UCF losing in week two, right? It'd be worse if you lost to him in week five. Because then you're looking at it and you're like, okay, where's this team going, right? You're losing to a team like Louisville in week five. You can make the argument again in week two, JRP still trying to figure everything out after not playing quarterback for a year, two years. A lot of new transfers, a lot of new moving pieces on the offense, right? You look at our starter, you know, our starting weapons, especially at the wide receiver position, you have Ryan O'Keefe. That's it. Then you add some really good pieces in Javon Baker and Kobe Hudson and Kamori Gamble. But at the end, you have to get all those pieces working. So yes, I think every, that week two loss is going to sting. If UCF even runs the table, that week two loss will sting more than anything. But our season started week three. To see the progression, to see everything getting better and gelling better, the defense has been dominant. The offense, you can see. like It, it has drastically been improved the last two weeks, putting more than 40 up against SMU and putting the 70 on Temple. And I get it. We can say Temple's probably the worst team in the American if you know, no, they're not the worst. USF's the worst. But by all accounts, one of the worst. But it's still 70 points. And the offense clicked on all cylinders. So you have to take that into account. And I think we figured out something about this offense that against these upcoming teams, it's no walk in the park. And I've seen everybody listen. Since he's ranked ahead of us, Tulane's ranked ahead of us, we see it. We all see it. Nobody thinks that UCF is going to do what we think they're going to do. Everybody just assumes UCF is going to lose in this conference. They'll lose to Cincy. They'll lose to Tulane and go about their way, and they'll get a decent bowl game. But I think all three of us can all agree. I think everything from this team is ahead of them, and there is a very good opportunity to win this conference. And I don't think Tulane and Cincinnati are thinking, oh, we're going to beat UCF handily. No, I think... UCF, again, I told you, and I'll say it again, I think since he stinks, I think UCF beats him by at least 10, but that's for next week. This week is no walk in the park. No walk in the park at all. If anything, uh, see, this might ruffle some feathers. Mm, I don't care. I'm more scared for ECU than I am Cincy, and that's just me being honest. Oh, you're that's ruffling. Just, yeah, you're ruffling. I, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, um, I, I love to ruffle feathers, but... 
Right now, you're being just straight up delusional, in my opinion. But continue. It, it, well, I'll I hear appreciate you out. it. Um, I'll hear you out. Listen, it, it, again, I think the reason I talk like I do with Cincy is I think people praise them way too much for the team that they have this year. When, if we're being completely honest, I would take their team from 2017 over this year's team, and that's just me being completely 100 percent honest. ECU, I think, has a much more dynamic offense, an offense that legitimately makes me look at a team and say, this is a game that UCF could easily lose because their offense can put up points. Now, defensively, I think ECU has a decent defense, is comparable, right? And we're going to get into all this, but when I look at Cincy, their defense is legitimate. They're a legit defense, but their offense doesn't scare me more than ECU's. And I think the overall team, doesn't scare me more than ECU. So we need to focus on this game, and we'll talk about this now. But let's talk about ECU, right? Let's go into this team because this team is is legit. I mean, they – I said it in the lower third. You got a veteran QB and a veteran group of guys. I mean, seems like everybody on this team has been there for 10 years. Like, literally everyone. Uh, but let's start with the quarterback. I mean, Holton Aylers, Rob – Again, I feel like I've been watching this guy since I was five. It's like every single time I turn on ECU, he's their quarterback. A little, he's had a really good year, 17 touchdowns to five picks. He can do both, right? He's one of those quarterbacks that can stand in the pocket and throw a dot, but he can also run the ball. And he is the bulkiest quarterback we've played all year when it comes to that. So what as a UCF defense, right? You've seen him before. You've seen him multiple times. You saw him last year in a game that, UCF won with seconds left. I mean, defensively, they played great last year, but UCF had no business winning that game, but we did. What is Travis Williams' message, especially this week, going up against a quarterback like that who had some success against you last year and ultimately let the game slip through their fingers? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, stick to a similar game plan as they've been doing uh, the past couple weeks, especially against... Um, a guy like Tanner Mordecai and stuff like that. It's, it, you know, these deep ball threat quarterbacks that, you know, whereas Holton Allers is a little bit of a, more of a dual threat. Like you said, he, he can actually run a little bit out of the pocket. He's definitely comfortable in the pocket. Um, no, I think it, I, there's enough tape on this guy where you can look and you can say how to prepare, you know, for a quarterback like Holton Allers. So like you said, he's been here for what feels like pretty much when we were in school. I think it feels like when we were freshmen, it feels like he was the quarterback of ECU till now. I mean, he's like an eighth year senior. Um, but no, he's, uh, he's definitely a talented quarterback. He's not, you know, an easy guy to take down. He's not an easy, cause he is so bulky. He's kind of like a big Ben type, bigger guy like that. Um, but he, he can actually be a little bit mobile outside of the pocket. So I think, you know, it's not preparing for a quarterback like Malik Cunningham or something like that, where, you know, you're, you know, so much focus is going to be on getting out of the pocket and scrambling and running. Um, you know, it's keeping him inside of the pocket, but forcing him into some uncomfortable throws is where this UCF defense is going to thrive against uh, a quarterback like Holton Allers. And UCF has played a quarterback, not exactly like him, right? Like, but to that skill set, a guy that can run and uh, and pass the ball. And I think that is going to create a challenge. But the reason we praise the defense so much is we said, listen, they played the quarterbacks they're going to play. I mean, you're going to get those running quarterbacks. And UCF, for the most part, has impressed in those matchups. They don't 
they stop teams in the red zone. They're, again, we keep saying it, number one in red zone defense, uh, and you don't allow points. ECU, you know, they just as much as we're coming off of a game 70, they're coming off of a 47-point win. Four overtimes. Yep. Again, Memphis, I they just let leads go through their fingers. But again, it's also ECU just does not stop quitting, Nick. They just don't stop. Yeah, they, they don't. They have a lot of fight in this team, and that's why I think the word, and this gets thrown around a lot in media, is is trap game. Um, we, we I mean, we're probably going to say that a few times on this podcast. I know a lot of people have said it. I think Chip Lindsey had it brought up to him as well during the press conferences this week. So it, it feels like one of those old-fashioned trap games a little bit because East Carolina, that's a, that's a tough environment to play in. I think a lot of people might look at it and go, oh, it's just East Carolina. No, no, that's a tough environment to play in. And there's some history there of UCF not faring so well here against against them uh, on the road there in Greenville. So it is a little bit of a challenge for a team, especially that just won't go away. And I mean, I guess they've just taken on their identity of the quarterback. He just will not go away. Holton Aylers will not go away. Um, fifth year senior. But the thing about him, every single year, he's getting better. This is not a guy like Malik Cunningham, for example, who kind of has plateaued. This is a guy who continues to get better as East Carolina's offense continues to get better. I mean, this year he's completing his he's completing his career-high percentage of passes, and I mean by a good substantial margin, like 7% more this year than he has for his entire career, right? The rating's higher. He's going to set his career-high in touchdown passes if he stays healthy for passing yards. So is it out of the realm to say, and I said this last week, but – and UCF had good success against him, and I think he hasn't been as good this year as he was last year. Could this be the best quarterback that UCF has faced so far? I mean, I would have said Tanner Mordecai last week, right? UCF did a good yeah. job against him. I think he was better last year than this year. Holton Aylers, the improvements he's made to his game this year, it might be the best true quarterback they've played. He's got big size. He can hurt you with his feet a little bit. So it is a test for this UCF defense, but I tell you what, I still think UCF's defense is the strength of this team, and they seem to set the tone. But the key here is on the road, can you get out to a fast start on defense? I, I We can't see them go down, East Carolina that is, in a couple plays and punch it in like UCF has allowed to other teams this year. I think that's the one thing I'm looking at in this game. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be interesting, right? Especially the, again, like you said, first true road test. We don't count FAU. We still have a lot of fans uh, at the FAU away game. This is going to be a test. They get crazy there. Like it is a loud atmosphere. It will be a sellout most likely. Those fans show up. Um, they weren't a, after seeing the pictures from last week. They weren't. It wasn't packed against Memphis. It will be packed for UCF. Like we we one hundred percent think that. Um, skill position players on ECU, before we talk about the defense, skill position players have never been ECU's problem. Uh, just receiver wise, we'll go into the receivers, but just height wise, you got six, three, six, two, six, two. You have a bunch of guys that are over six foot. Um, and then you have a stud at running back in Keaton Mitchell. I mean, he's been there for a couple of years and by all accounts, he's, potentially the best running back in the American. And then you have potentially the best receiver in the American and CJ Johnson. Um, Rob, let's talk about CJ Johnson for a bit, right? What is it about him that makes him just a pure potential NFL wide receiver that can cause the Knights problems, especially with his height? 
he can get vertical. He can get vertical on any defense he goes up against. And I got a chance to watch him against USF this year earlier. And I mean, our, our poor, our poor brethren down South did not have a good time trying to contain that man. They did not. Um, in 2020, when UCF had to play East Carolina up in Greenville, UCF did not have a good time covering him in that game. So I think, yeah, he, he is definitely a more of a sneaky NFL guy. Maybe a lot of people in the country don't know about him. Uh, the numbers for him this year are a little bit down, a little bit down by his standards, but I think that's because Isaiah Winstead has been the guy that's kind of stepped up and, and really taken it. I mean, he's been more, as CJ Johnson is more the vertical threat, I think Winstead has been more of the guys in between the numbers. And, and you know, I think seven over almost 800 yards receiving for him this year. So he's going to have a 1,000-yard season plus. So I think based on talent, C.J. Johnson's probably the best in this conference potentially, but Winstead has actually been Ehlers' prime target this year, and I think that's a difference that you see East Carolina this season is that they have two weapons now. They have two all-world weapons that they can go to, and that's what makes them a threat to score points. Yeah, Winstead, 52 receptions on the year. I mean, he can find them, and he's quick, um, but – Deep threat-wise, C.G. Johnson is that guy you have to look out for. It's the same question we had for SMU, right, With you know, uh, with you when we did play SMU. Do you go single coverage? Do you go Devontae Brown on C.G. Johnson and let him you know, face it out? Or, Nick, do you you know, send safety help over the top? Or because of Isaiah Winstead, can you do that with C.J. Johnson? I think if you're UCF, you want to dictate the game. You want to dictate the game. I think you want to go out there and show what you have instead of trying to worry about what East Carolina has, if that makes sense. I think that's the best thing they can do. I don't want to see them alter anything necessarily. I want to see them just go out there, line up how you do, and, and be that team that I think has dominated other opposing offenses. So, and I'm sure Travis Williams is going to have different wrinkles that he's going to put in this. You have to, I mean, I'm not saying you don't want to, you know, have him tracked in this game by any means, but still, I think you are the alpha in this game. Your defense is still the alpha. You need to show how you need to kind of play how you've done the last few games here and, and just trust that you have enough talent and you have the system to win. Rob Keaton Mitchell, obviously really speedy running back. Travis Williams said in his press conference can take it to the house in one play. I mean, he's that dynamic what does UCF have to do? They've been good against the run in most cases this season. Uh, what do you? What does UCF have to do to make sure that they keep him contained and don't allow easy touchdowns? Yeah, I mean they got to make sure he you know doesn't find those gaps and doesn't isn't able to use that speed that he has. I think that's the biggest thing is when you have a speed threat like that at running back, a guy that's just quick like that and can find the gaps and can find the end zone pretty quickly. It's just shutting down those gaps and shutting down that speed. I mean. Again, like you said, UCF's defense has been fairly easy, you know, has had it fairly easy where they've been able to contain the run pretty pretty well this season. But to go back, you look at FAU in the first half. I mean, FAU was running all over UCF, and yeah. that's definitely a big concern. That's something you have to look at and say, okay, now we're up against a really, really talented running back, a really fast guy. We know, like you said, how... UCF's defense has gotten off to a slow start these past, you know, this past season. That's the biggest concern is if you let your foot off the gas a little bit and you're not all speed ahead, full speed ahead, you know, all systems go from the very beginning. 
on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they could easily, you know, go up seven, nothing very, very quickly um, with a running back like Mitchell. I, I think that's, that's the biggest concern is you look back at FAU and how early on UCF struggled against the run. Now you're up against a serious, serious running back, a seriously quick running back. And that's where the concern comes in. You got to shut him down early and you got to shut him down often. It's not going to be easy, but listen, this, this UCF defense has proven that they're, that they're dedicated to, you know, preventing points. So I think that's what, that's what the message has to be. You just got to shut them down. You got to do it early. Yeah. I think if UCF forces EC to throw the ball and they stop the run, I think UCF has a really good chance at winning this game. If you force Holton Naylor to throw the ball and keep him in the pocket and keep Mitchell contained, I think UCF has a good chance at winning this game. Let's talk about defense really quick before we get to our interview with Trace. Um, defense has been pretty solid for ECU. Uh, especially game one against NC State, they really held them to twenty. They held them to twenty-one points, but they didn't get much anywhere that game. Uh, and many thought ECU was going to pull out that victory. They just came short, but in six of their seven games, they've held teams under thirty points. Uh, now I know it's a little bit big, right? We're talking thirty points, but it's important in the sense of UCF's offense, right? We're looking for UCF to put up a lot of points. They put up a lot of points the last couple of weeks. Nick, what is it about this ECU defense that can cause problems for UCF? And what does this offense need to do to show out against the Pirates? Yeah, I think like FAU, when we played them, I believe it's it's a team that can get to the quarterback and it's more from a committee approach. You know, they got a lot of guys with two sacks, three sacks, four and a half, four and a, uh, four and a half five. I mean, it's coming from all different angles, a top 25 defense nationally in regards to getting to the quarterback. They stopped the run pretty well, you know, averaging, I think, giving up about 109, 110 yards a game on the ground, which UCF has gone up against tough defenses like that against Temple. But as we learned to find out, that wasn't really a problem. And I think that's kind of like the theme that I'm taking on here is, you know, these teams in the AAC that UCF is playing, they might have one or two or three, maybe four guys who I can confidently tell you, yeah, th those are some of the best players in the, in the conference, right? They can make a difference. But I think UCF has definitely double digits on, on those type of impact players. And I just think that they're better than these teams. So even though East Carolina has a good getting to the quarterback success rate and they can stop the run kind of like Temple did, I think in the end, talent wins out. And I don't think Gus Malzahn is going to divert from the game plan by any means. Um, maybe we, we do see more of that explosive deep threat offense that we saw against Temple. Um, I, the one thing that Gus Malzahn, the slant is back in action at UCF. The slant is back, believe it or not. And that has been the one play that I think has really opened up this offense the last couple of weeks is, is kind of integrating that into it here. So what does UCF need to do? They just need to line up again and and trust their talent and stick to the game plan because I still think you're going to see a heavy dose of running the football. Regardless of the fact that East Carolina has stopped it, I still think you're going to get a heavy dose. And I think you're going to see probably the most of R.J. Harvey in this one than you've seen all season long. I think that's the way it's trending at the moment. I would agree, I would agree with that probably. And I want to see it. I want to see him out on the field. Um, Rob, really quickly, before we go to our interview – uh, who is one offensive player that you want to see kind of have a show out game? I know um, the receivers had a really good game last week uh, and they're starting to find their own. Who's one offensive player that you really want to see have a game against ECU? 
Yeah, I think I think to Nick's uh, Nick brought him up. I think it's R.J. Harvey. I think this is a guy that UCF has definitely has shown over the last few weeks that they really want to get him the ball more. Um, they're starting to favor him a little bit more. You know, Bowser's that guy that's going to get you the touchdowns. He's going to put up those end zone points. But R.J. Harvey looks like he's he's taken favoritism over a guy like Johnny Richardson. Even I, I think R.J. Harvey has all the makings of a solid, solid. Um, above average running back that UCF will be very satisfied with over the coming seasons. Um, and, you know, if this is his breakout season. This could be his breakout game. I think, like Nick said, I think you should expect to see heavy usage out of him. Um, a team like ECU that's able to shut down the run more. You know, I think RJ Harvey's a scrappy guy. He's a guy that's able to um, find open lanes and, um, you know, really, really give a defense, uh, the opposing defense, a challenge. So I think a guy like RJ Harvey, this is a game where he can really show how valuable he is to this team and what he can bring, uh, you know, down the line for this team. Should be interesting. And we'll give our predictions very soon. But first, let's send you to an interview we did with Trace Trollco with Sons of UCF. Great conversation and some really good information. Uh, so we'll send you that right now. Welcome back to Charge On. Like we said, we have a very special guest. So happy that Mr. Trace Trelko can join us from Sons of UCF. Um, one of the smartest guys when it comes to UCF that I know. I listen to him. I get most of the stuff for this podcast by just listening to him, picking on up some stuff from the last couple of years. So, uh, Trace, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Well, that's a heck of an intro, guys. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. No, for sure. And we've got a couple of questions. Obviously, we're at the halfway point, right? Like we've been saying, UCF has had a couple interesting games early on, but the back half of their year is basically what's going to determine how we view this team. So just looking at the front half of the year, right? What would you grade this team? I know there's been a couple up and down moments. It looks like we're on an upward trajectory right now, but what would be your you know, first half grade for this UCF Knights team? Yeah, that's it's such an interesting question, right? As we get to the five and one record after six games, there have been some struggles on offense, been some struggles on special teams, right? But it seems like as the year has moved along, Coach Malzahn and his staff as well, the players have figured those things out. So if you were just grading on in the early part of the season, boy, there were struggles at special teams, that would knock them down. There was the up and down from John Rice Plumley. But now, down the stretch here of this first half, uh, they've, they've looked pretty good. Colton Boomer kicking and, and, and John Rice Plumley, of course. I'd, I'd put him at a B- minus at this point. Uh, I think better than average, uh, but because of the early season struggles, I'd, I'd knock him down a little bit. Yeah, I think that Louisville loss, I, I keep going back to that one. It, it To me, every passing week you watch Louisville and the loss to Boston College, that, that loss looks worse and worse. But since then, offensively, they're outscoring opponents 178 to 56 in the last four games. So from watching the offense and their progression through the season here at the midpoint, what do you think has improved the most to allow them to get the best out of the offense? And, and where do you think they can even still improve? Well, I think it all centers around John Rice Plumley. They have found some play calls that make sense for him, and he has found more confidence in throwing. We knew he could run. Could he throw? And that's the greatest upside for him, right? Can he continue to show that improvement? A lot of games on the front part of the schedule at home, they're going to finish the second half of the season, four of six on the road. And you mentioned the Louisville game. Boy, you wish you could be playing that this week. I like their chances playing that game the way they're playing right now this week. But it's a non-conference game. Knights 2-0 and in conference play. And again, they got a tough one now at ECU. Cincinnati back. 
Uh, it's going to be an interesting road uh, second half of the season, but I like where they are right now. Can you continue to see consistency and progression from quarterback John Rice Plumley? If you can, uh, you mentioned those offensive numbers, the points scored, they, they're likely to continue to do that. Yeah, and as you mentioned, like the consistency of the offense and stuff like that has severely been in question this year with John Rice Plumley and the UCF offense, which I don't think any of us really thought would be an issue coming into the season. But I think one bright spot uh, that everybody has looked at throughout the season has been the defense. So Trace, if there was one guy on the defense right now that's been a clear standout amongst the rest on the defense, you know, maybe a defensive leader, maybe a guy that's really just changed the tempo of this defense, who do you think is the clear standout on that UCF defense right now? You mentioned the defense. It has been the strong point for the season, right? They're not giving up more than 20 points a game. And the defense, if it continues to play like it has, is going to keep them in every one of these games down the stretch in the second half of the season. So to name a first-half MVP, how about linebacker Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste? He's been consistent. Again, they've been bend, don't break. They've been stout in the red zone. They're not letting teams in there. Yeah, they, some teams will move around the, the 20s on them, but they clamp down. They don't let teams in the end zone. And I think that's uh, in large part due to the leadership. At what was an area we had some question marks about, linebacker going into the season – Jeremiah has been a steadying force for the linebacker core. Yeah, and I mean, to further expand on the defense a little bit as well, I mean, we talk about everything that they've done right and how much they've stepped up, guys like Gene Baptiste and all that. But do you think there's anything that this UCF defense can still improve? What's what's their biggest weakness, you think, on the defensive side of the ball still, if there is any? I'd like to see him start off a little bit stronger. I think we've all seen these games where the team on a scripted drive drives down the field and UCF's in an early deficit. Uh, the games have been tighter at the half, even Temple, right? Uh, these have been tighter games in half. And then the defense really uh, clamps down. So I just would like to see them start faster. That's what uh, defensive coordinator Travis Williams said during his Sunday media availability. Start faster. Now, can they do that? Uh, would you trade off a, a slower start for how things go the rest of the way? Yes. But if you're playing a Cincinnati, can you afford a slower start? And again, we've got these tough road games uh, ahead. ECU at Tulane at Memphis. Uh, you don't want to get behind early and then have to rely upon uh, the offense to, to dig you out of a hole. So I would say just uh, improving on uh, starting off stronger would be one key area to focus on. Yeah, and you mentioned tough road games. And I think the ECU environment is one of the more underrated environments probably in college football. And I know Gus Malzahn was asked about that a little bit, and he said he really hadn't spent much time in, in Greenville. So, but with that being said, we know there is offensive firepower here. I mean, Holt Naylor's is very experienced, uh, very good receiving group. CJ Johnson, one of the better receivers in this conference. So, I mean, it almost has the makings of one of those old school trap games, I guess, if you will. How do you, how do you see this one going? That's funny. That question of trap games, you know, it's a question I asked of uh, offensive coordinator Chip Lindsay, and it got asked of Coach Malzahn, and they all swatted away. Is that something that fans say that members of the media talk about? You certainly can't be looking ahead to Cincinnati at home, now a sellout in the bounce house. Fans buzzing about whether game day might come back to the UCF campus. You can't look past ECU. This is a tight rivalry, equal, and now UCF moving on to the Big 12, leaving ECU and the AAC. Or AAC, AAC, that's right. I said it right. Uh, you know that ECU would like to damage UCF season. And and so whether trap game exists or not, I, I do think it's a, a difficult environment. Uh, it's going to be rocking there on a Saturday night. I was there 
uh, for the Hale Perryman game. So I know how raucous ECU's fan base can be. And again, everyone wants to give Cincinnati, Houston, UCF a punch on the way out of the conference and onto the Big 12. I, whether it's a trap game or not, I don't know. I think it is a tough road game, certainly. And they can't do the things that led to problems early on in the season. They've seemed to correct the issues with penalties, but you can't have those false start penalties in a loud Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, they've had some turnover issues, not lately, but you can't turn the ball over. And you mentioned Holt Nailers earlier. It seems like the guy's been there a decade, a veteran yeah. senior quarterback. Uh, he's up and down. He's inconsistent, but still a senior and a veteran quarterback. And, uh, you know, remember, John Rice Plumley doesn't have quite that same level of experience at quarterback. So, uh, ECU is going to be formidable. Do the Knights have both offensively and defensively what it takes to win the game? Certainly. A couple of point favorite on the road, but it's going to be hard to get out of Greenville. Now, people have been asking this question. I want to ask you, do you think the four overtime game last week for ECU will play any factor into this game? I know it was brought up with some of the coaches in the, the press conference, but do you feel like that will be a factor in this game? Nah, I think what's more of a factor and a plus factor is UCF played its game earlier in the week. So they have a little bit extra time for the, the bumps and the bruises and the grind of a football season, a little bit more time to scout ECU. Nah, I don't think that's as much a factor. What each team has to caution against is, do you have a letdown? For UCF, you score 70 on Temple. Do you have a little bit of a letdown after that? For ECU, you're you're riding high, but that, that takes a lot out of you, winning uh, you know, in a multi-overtime game. So how does each team prepare itself? I feel like in covering the team, you end up recycling the coaching cliches about going one and zero every week, and you play them one at a time. But how do you shake off those sorts of things and stay focused on an ECU in your CF's case, or ECU looking at UCF, and, and you know you you ride that twenty four hour wave of emotion that comes with the game, and then you have to get right back into it and prepare. I think you'd rather have a couple extra days of rest and preparation. Uh, the way the bye weeks fell, the hurricane coming in, that you were UCF, then going late into the night on Saturday if you were ECU. Last one before we let you go. Gus Malzahn uh, really angered the ECU uh, Twitter <laughs> mafia, whatever you call them, uh, for some of the comments he made about their barbecue. Didn't know that they were known for barbecue. Um, I know the question on every UCF fan's mind is, does Trey Struckle like barbecue, and does he like East Carolina barbecue? Uh, big fan of barbecue. So uh, no problem there. Um, uh, check back in with me after the weekend. I'll be going up to the game, going to Memphis as well. I've had Memphis barbecue. Uh, I do like Memphis barbecue. I don't want to use this show to fuel anything more with ECU. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'll, I'll have barbecue up in North Carolina. I have no problem with the North Carolina barbecue. Uh, I don't think Gus Malzahn was trying to – this is a manufactured controversy for the Pirates, uh, trying to pick on Coach Malzahn. He's just not a big barbecue guy. You know what else? He's also not a big guy that likes to talk about personal things. So when those personal questions get thrown at him at the end of press conferences, he, he never really answers those too comfortably. Uh, so uh, I think he was being honest. Not a big barbecue guy, but no diss on, uh, on North Carolina barbecue. That is for sure. Trace, we really appreciate it. You can check out Sons of UCF Live tonight, 8 to 9. Um, Trace, where can they find you? I'm sure most of our fans, if not all of our fans, definitely follow you. But where can they find you on all the socials? 
Yeah, I'm at Seinpez, S-E-I-N-P-E-Z, on Twitter, at Sons of UCF, uh, as well on Twitter. Two Nights Media is where you can find all of the content and, and all the social channels, Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter and all of that. Uh, Adam and Mike do a great job every week. The podcast drops early in the week, and then we come together Thursday nights, typically Thursday nights, unless we have a game, uh, 8 to 9. We stream on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, Sons of UCF Live. Thank you so much, Trace. Thank you. Go Knights. Charge on. When we come back, we will give our predictions on the game. Yeah, I just want to thank Trace again. It was a great interview. Really appreciate him taking the time. And like we said, go follow them. I'm sure all of you already are. Um, but if you're not, go follow Sons of UCF and him on all the socials. Um, and check out the live show tonight from 8 to 9 um, on every social platform. But boys, let's get into some predictions. Again, we're, we're hitting that, t- that time of the year, right? This is the hard part for UCF schedule. and Trap games. This is where we talk about a trap game. Is this a trap game for UCF? Rob, I'm going to start with you. Is it a trap game? The spread is minus five for UCF, so road favorite. Uh, Who do you got in the game? What's score prediction? And is this a trap game for the Knights? I'm going to say UCF actually is able to succeed against this defense. Um, You know, we said we've talked about how scrappy ECU's defense is. We've talked about how good they've been against the run we've talked about you know how they've come together really as a team as a committee to to shut down opposing teams uh, offenses and have keep, kept them under 30 points i think the beat goes on for ucf i think they break 30 points um spreads only 5 i say i say they'll beat the cover they'll they'll win by a touchdown is what is what i'll say so i'll go let's go 32 to 32 to 24. I think, I think ECU is going to get their points. ECU is going to give UCF's defense a little bit of a problem, uh, especially in the first half. I think what we've seen is UCF's defense get off to a slow start. I'm going to say that continues a little bit. I'd say they put up some points up in the first half. I think by the, by the second half, UCF will figure it out a little bit. They'll adjust, they'll adjust to allers, they'll adjust to the run game and uh, they'll be able to close it out by at least a touchdown. Nick, how about you? Is it a trap game? Number one, I know everybody's been talking about that on UCF Twitter, and I tend to agree with some of it where maybe some players start looking ahead to a week where you might get college game day, you might get to play Cincinnati, beat a ranked team, then get to play Tulane. Is it a trap game, and what is your score prediction for the game this weekend? Yeah, it's only a trap game if they if they let them themselves turn it into a trap game. And, and for a lot of the reasons I, I kind of have laid out here, I think UCF is by far the more talented team. They have by far the most plus players going into this game. And I do feel like, though, we're going to see those slow starts continue this week because they haven't been tested in a road environment yet. I, I'm not one thing I'm if, I'm if I had a concern for UCF right now, it is the way the schedule has landed. Your bye week kind of wasn't a bye week. I mean, this was supposed to be the bye week, right? And, and that kind of turned into a different yep. story. So if there's one concern I do have, it's that. I think they start a little bit slow. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 17 to 14 game with East Carolina in front at half. But then I think as Travis Williams has come to do, as the offense has kind of waken up a little bit in the second half, I think that's when it'll, it'll flip a little bit. And I'm going to go UCF 38 and East Carolina 23. I think East Carolina is going to have trouble moving the ball in that second half. They'll get into the they'll get into field goal position, get a couple field goals there, but I think that's it. UCF 38-23 and I think they'll be 6 and 1. Yeah, it's it's an interesting game. 
I mean, I think when you do look at trap games, I think this coaching staff is going to make sure that there's no potential of a trap game, right? They said, listen, you got to go week by week. If you start looking a week or two weeks ahead, that's where you get hurt. So I don't view this as a trap game. I view this as a very tough opponent that UCF could potentially lose this game. If UCF plays the way they have the last two weeks, I think it's an easy game. I think if you play like that every week, it'll be an easy game every week. But ECU presents many challenges on the defense and offense, both respectively. I don't know. I think this is a good test for the defense. I think the first test was SMU. And SMU still putting up points. I mean, their defense has struggled, but their offense has put up points. I think ECU's in the same vein. I think this offense is legit. I think they've got so many skill position players that could bring UCF problems. But to next point, I think when you look at all, all of our players, I think the talent far exceeds pretty much everybody in the American. And we've said that. If I had to go score prediction, I'm going 37-21. And I do agree. I think early on, and I don't understand it, and I don't, I, I really want the defense to start fast and to really impose their will on ECU this week early. But I agree. Travis Williams couldn't even give an answer about, oh, why can you not start early? And they can't, they don't have an answer. So I hope the defensive players take that challenge, really force them into tough positions early on. And hopefully UCF can put the game out early, but I don't foresee it. I think it'll be close up until half, and then second half nights will come in and, um, pull the game away. So I say 37-21. All right, boys. Thank you for coming on. that score, by the way, is close to mine. Notice, well, you picked ba- up on that right, three, Rob. Okay, time to time out. All of our scores are close. Like, we all have ECU scoring over 20, which would be the first time in nine games that the defense allowed over 20. We all have in the, like, mid to low 30s. Mm. Well, ours are a little bit higher. Rob's 30. You said 34, or you said 32. 32. No, I said thir- 32. 32. I think 32 to 24. I think we put up more touchdowns. That's I I was originally going to go 34, but I, I thought so. an extra field goal. So I gave 37. But I do I think we're all in agreement that ECU will put up over 20, which would be yep. the, like that's that's a stat. That would be an interesting thing to happen and if they held them hold them to under 20, my god, I think Again, we keep talking great about this defense, but that would be amazing if yeah. they could hold this team to under twenty. Yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, I'm going to be. Yeah, we'll see. And I'm going to be. I'm going to be eating some wings while I watch this game. Rob, are you going to be eating a chicken pot pie? <laughs> uh, you know what? I think I might have to break break out the Marie Callender's uh, chicken pot oh, pie no. out of the freezer section. You are. You are just an to. absolute absolute freak. I mean, eating <laughs> eating that abomination of a meal. Oh, I will so go good. on anybody's the show and tell you. Why the chicken pot pie is the worst dish ever created by whoever made it on this earth? It, it I, is awful. I don't think and we have the time. We don't. We have don't the have the time. Point. I just wanted to get that dig in because I learned right before we came on that Rob's a chicken pot pie fan, and he had the audacity to tell me that he enjoyed the frozen ones too, oh, not grandma's. I, the frozen. No, ones. I said. I said they're all right, but homemade is absolutely the way to go. And there's you plenty of restaurants that can do them. You said it no, was gas. I, you, you said, said it was an gas. emoji too, which is even you worse. You said it was said, gas, and no, you liked I, those little pieces. I said the one that was homemade. I said the one that was homemade with the Pillsbury uh, biscuits was gas. Please, please. I said the frozen ones were all right. 
They're all right. All right. Sean, take us Shame. home, please. Please. All right. Uh, we definitely will not be eating barbecue from East Carolina, uh, and I think we're okay with that. But uh, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, as always, for listening to Jar- Charge On. Wow. I still think about the chicken pot pie thing. Uh, thank you for listening to Charge Ooh, On sorry, presented. I know, rent free. Thank you for listening to Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you a day after the game to break down everything about the hopefully UCF win in East Carolina. This has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you after the game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.